0: Excerpt from Stand Proud by Jim Hashimoto. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Bizarre Podcast, Dogs Must Die. My name is Grant, you can call him Chip, and that uh, peal of laughter, it can only be described as a peal, comes from our very special guest. Please introduce yourself as you would like to be introduced.
1: Hi, I'm Belle. That was... Grant imitating the intro I make him do for my podcast. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that, as you can tell, um, and I like to think of it as a cackle.
0: Welcome, welcome. Uh, As we said last week, and as you can tell, uh, uh, loyal listeners, the fact that we have someone new in the room with us is is because we are not continuing on the the next adventures of our Stardust Crusaders, but looking back and talking about the, the part so far, again, because Stardust Crusaders is so much longer than the parts that preceded it. We thought we would keep the show to the rhythm we established, yeah. uh in, in order to to break things up. And there's a lot to talk about, even if we're we're only at the beginning, not yet the middle and end. <laughs>
1: It's 12 episodes, but we've beaten up, like, 10 opponents, so, yeah. you know. <laughs> There's a lot of dudes,
2: and
0: one lady we beat up real
2: good. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's at least a dude an episode. At, at some point, <laughs> the show really picks up, and you're taking out, like, two, and maybe even one or two times three dudes in a single episode. <laughs> one of
1: the things that I definitely remember from Stardust Crusaders, unfortunately, is how it slows down a lot, but it, that, that isn't true for these first 12 episodes. These first ones episodes, <laughs> it's kept a nice pace. Yeah. Pacing slows down a little, but that's okay, because this part's nice and brisk.
0: Hey, hey, my, my blinders are up. Hey. hey yeah, hey, yeah, hey, yeah, no. yeah.
1: <laughs> I can't talk about future. We're not here to talk about future. We're here to talk about the past. 1988, I think, when Dio came out of the ocean. That's the start of this thing.
0: Oh, my God. Am I Dio? Oh, God. Oh,
1: God. <laughs> so, what'd you think about the retcon?
0: Oh boy, that <laughs> is trash. Uh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there is literally no way to write around it. The anime's tried by writing in the second compartment. That wasn't a thing in the manga. Uh, yeah. Really? Yeah. And, wow.
2: <clears throat> yeah, and the, and you know, like I, I think I brought up before, there was also like a novelization someone else wrote where they tried to write it in that. Yeah, You know, Jonathan's wife pulled the corpse into the second compartment because she wanted the body to have a burial or something like that, which means she also brought Dio's still alive head with her.
1: Yeah, which makes no sense (laughs) since him still being trapped in the boat was kind of important to the end of that scene. The
0: only time Dio has ever played (laughs) possum, His pride would not allow it any other Mm -hmm. time.
1: I like the results of the retcon. Yeah. But it is just straight up a retcon. There's no way Dio could have gotten into his own coffin when that was literally the only way Arina and two babies
0: escaped. But before we, we get too much farther though, there is a tradition of these uh, uh episodes. Oh right. <laughs> I, I I'm apologize. Ahead of <laughs> yes. I need to present why I think Jojo is so popular. Yes. <laughs> okay. Jojo's Bizarre Adventure is popular because it is trading cards. <laughs> Alright, I can see it. Not only are all these people's powers described by actual physical cards, but no, I mean, they they all have stats uh, and art you can look at and Mm -hmm. and compare who who has better speed. You can play top trumps, basically, with all of the stands You two are
1: watching in English, right?
0: Mostly. Uh,
1: Mostly? Okay, yeah, I've been watching Mm -hmm. the subs because that's just what I had access to. Are the stat cards translated? On the Netflix version? (laughs) No. Yeah, I've seen the translated cards, but never, like, not in the show. And I was really hoping that they were in the show, because that'd be real nice. It'd be yeah. convenient if you could see exactly what they have A rank and D rank in. Um,
0: yeah, yeah, the, the graph is presented, but there's no overlay of English text on them, nor are they replaced with, like, native English text on them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You just have to remember, you know, okay, 12 o'clock is this, 3 o'clock is this stat.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. It's in that um, hexagon-style graph that's
0: yes yes
1: that's popular in statistics for like Oh cards and nothing else
0: Sh- shindamaker shindamaker nobody actually pronounces that word
1: <laughs> yeah 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 that, yeah that thing uses them that's true but every stand has one and it's great
0: <laughs> but yeah that that is why i think that uh stardust crusaders at least grabs people because you have the, these bite-sized pieces ready for mm-hmm. debate and comparison, even though it is clear that the stats mean nothing. Yeah. Yes. I think Deep Blue Moon, uh, Dark Blue Moon, is a great example. If you look at the stats for that stand, they suck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think um, its best stat is, like, a B or something. Like, it's not mm-hmm, good. Mm-hmm. That's
1: partially because a lot of its strength comes from the fact that it's, like, nearly untouchable in the water. Outside of the water, it's just a goofy monster.
0: It is a stand that is able to put up a, a hell of a fight, neutralize the entire party at once. But again, its its stats max out at yeah. a B. Stats are meaningless.
1: Yes, the stats aren't important to a stand's abilities. Although that's less true in these first twelve episodes than it will be forever after.
2: <laughs> it's it just feels like there's there's like a special secret stat. It's you know like how Pokemon have EVs. <laughs> yeah. it feels like stands have those.
1: The, the, their ability isn't mentioned in the stats. Um, Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And one of the weird things about early stands is how bad they are about having abilities. It becomes much more defined and reasonable later. It's hard not to compare the first like ten fights in JoJo to later stands because.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What what are some examples? What do you mean when you say bad at having abilities?
1: Uh, like Tower's uh, Tower of Gray's ability is that it's the stand itself is fast, mm-hmm. whereas Yellow Temperance is invincible body armor that eats biomass that's far more like a stand ability mm-hmm.
0: um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. whereas
1: tower of gray is fast bug and hierophant <laughs> green is uh snake man
0: fast bug always orders the lengua whenever it gets tacos yeah
1: yeah it works but like star platinum doesn't have an ability <laughs> for, <laughs> for a strong fast. example it's just
2: the best stand that's its ability <laughs>
0: Uh, brain surgery that's an ability yeah
2: i I, we talked about this in like the first three episodes of the show Mm -hmm. but yeah uh star platinum's ability as close as you can get to one is like the vague concept of precision yeah how how many different things that can be applied to drawing a bug accurately yeah brain surgery okay yeah
1: (laughs) i don't know about y'all but i think the most interesting part of the first 12 episodes of jojo is how much it's is how different it is from both what's come before and what comes after. It's the transition period of JoJo between Hamon and Stans.
0: There is this wild new structure where basically everyone is Doobie. Like, yeah. you take a look at Doobie and, and wired back, like, what if that was the whole thing? <laughs> a good concept, to be fair.
1: It just took Araki <laughs> until, actually, probably until Yellow Temperance to really get a hang on how stands yeah. should be. Before that, they're kind of kind of just monsters, <laughs> which is neat, but there's so much more later.
2: Yeah, I'd say like leading up to Yellow Temperance 2, the, the two before it, they get closer to what JoJo stands usually are. So, I mean, mm-hmm. at least with strength, just the thing of, this guy's, this thing's stand is a big boat. Uh, yes. That happens a decent amount in JoJo, stuff like yeah. that. Uh, and also the devil being like, Kind of having a gimmick of, like, a stand that acts like a curse, and the gu- the user has to get owned yeah. first. <laughs>
1: you can tell for, I want to say the entire first half of Stardust Crusaders, basically
2: every stand is based on a horror movie. Mm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I can't wait for the stand that's based on the bed that eats. <laughs> <laughs> are you sure that's not the devil (laughs) that's kind of the devil i guess
1: i was gonna say there's a later one that fits better but no actually the devil is a lot closer to that huh (laughs) yeah
0: yeah. the way that
1: that fight plays out like the devil is definitely based on chucky Mm -hmm. but that fight is definitely based on a bed that will kill you
0: (laughs) (laughs) an incredibly
1: heavy bed he complains about the bed being heavy but i think the problem is more that he's tied up and can't move his arms of these, Hangman is definitely the best episode, but Yellow Temperance and Emprince are both excellent. Oh, yeah. Um, Silver Chariot's an okay episode, just because it's, like, Abdul's only fight.
0: <laughs> that bed is 265 pounds of bed. <laughs> right, <Jesus>. that's right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, to be fair, Polnareff is a very, very big, beefy boy, so...
1: <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if, um, if we're weighing the whole thing together, 200 pounds of that is probably Polnareff. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Another point I wanted to bring up that I think is already being demonstrated by our discussion so far is that three is enough for rankings, and rankings means the free fu- the free publicity of endless public debate.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean we're we're talking about just within Stardust Crusaders, all these you know stand users coming in as, as we we travel uh, uh, further and further west, but also you know. Jojo versus Jojo versus Jojo, uh, uh, etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, w- once you get to three, that's the critical mass that there's always going to be uh, somebody talking about something in relation to other things. <laughs> that That's what you need. There's also like... And it becomes a, a self-feeding hype machine.
1: The entire first episode is literally asking you to compare all three of the Jojos to each other.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Here's Jotaro. Here's the new one. Here's Joseph. He's old now and he's scared of Dio. And he's going to talk about how Dio stole his grandpa's body and they have to do something about it. And, like, that scene at the lunch table is literally asking you to compare all three of them as there's Dio (laughs) with his big, buff, hot, naked bod, Joseph (laughs) Mm -hmm. pissing his pants in the corner, and Jotaro being like, man, this sucks. (laughs) (laughs) All three of them are, are just so different
0: from one another. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, I I think you see uh, that also uh, uh, as sort of refinement through iteration, uh, uh, which which becomes very, very clear once you get to a third part of anything. Mm -hmm. The the one I wanted to present is the idea that for at least a period, every hero group needs a a kid sidekick or or like a mascot child. Yes. (laughs) Even though Anne does
1: fuck all. (laughs)
0: I would disagree. I think that, that Poco has a purpose to serve, but no personality, mm-hmm. while uh, uh, Smokey is a rounded character, but has very little purpose, so he just disappears, and Anne is bursting with personality, while, while also moving at least one plot along by needing to be rescued, <laughs> and uh, really opening up and, and forcing uh, uh, Jotaro to look warmer, to be more human. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Yeah, that's true. uh,
0: The only time you really see his softer side at all uh, uh, is when he is protecting the child.
2: Mm -hmm. I
1: was about to say, yeah, but that part's already over, except, like, she's basically already out of the plot. But for these 12 episodes, yeah, yeah, she actually is pretty important to them.
2: Out of all three of the like the, the kid sidekicks, she has the best entrance.
1: Yes. She also, <laughs> I definitely strongly agree that I like her the most of the three. She has the most personality. I just feel like these kid characters are a little unnecessary, and I can't talk about part four, but I think Araki agrees by that point.
2: Um, <laughs> but she's still here for now. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, because every JoJo, even though I, I like every part, there's always parts of JoJo where it's just like, "Oh, damn, that's a missed opportunity," or "Oh, damn, he forgot about this thing I was excited about and nothing ever came <laughs> came out of that thing." Every JoJo feels like, "But damn, if there's a second draft, this yeah. this and this could be so much better or even more interesting." Damn, the the kid sidekicks are I feel like out of the three Smokey is the one I always wanted to see more of. I mm-hmm. agree and they just wholeheartedly. Never do anything with Smokey. I
1: think and does very well in the episodes she's a core part of, and then just kind of fades away. Whereas Smokey gets like a great first episode intro and then vanishes.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: But, you know, fading away after you're not needed for the narrative anymore is uh, an entirely legitimate thing. I would love to see that, frankly, more often in media. (laughs) Mm. That's
1: true, I don't know. There's, there's give and take. But while we're on the topic of problems of weekly serialization, I think that's by far the most interesting part of these first 12 episodes is that there's a lot of shit in the first like three episodes, four episodes maybe, that just isn't true ever again.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. From the first episode, when, you know, they kind of briefly explain the very, very basics of what stands are, there's Mm -hmm. already one thing wrong. Two things. (laughs) Uh, actually yeah two things i think you're right yeah the the main one is like if you watch stardust crusaders and then at a later point you go rewatch it you're like wait wait a fucking minute how is jotaro's star platinum getting toys and stuff from stores and bringing them to him because it's a short-range stand it can't go that far it yeah. cannot go that <laughs> far to get him toys.
1: is that it's far, its entire range is one meter
2: <laughs> yeah it can barely leave you know that's the one three thing steps away stopping from, him. It from
1: destroying the world basically
2: um. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's that's one of the bigger things. But I was more talking about, like, there's two problems with Joseph's description of stands to Jotaro. The first being that the clarity of the stand shows the strength of it. This yes. is never again mentioned or brought up, and it's for the <laughs> nope. best that it's never again mentioned, because I don't want to have to think about how ethereal a stand is.
0: Um. <laughs> yeah. You could say that that's part of Strength's whole thing. Strength is so strong that even people who can't normally see stands see it as a big ol', uh, uh. There like actually freight, is a reason for ship. that
1: that is actually consistent. Um, although I don't think Araki made it consistent until Yellow Temperance. That was just kind of backwritten into Strength. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. It's that stands that possess physical things are still visible. So like Yellow okay. Temperance, The Devil, and Strength, all three of them are stands that are possessing a physical object.
0: So the bellhop would have seen the, 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 the devil in the, the doll. little doll that cut his face off, yes. Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Except he lost the ability to see things very quickly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> damn. That was it. Um, And then Yellow Temperance, (laughs) everyone could see, because that was the point. It ate biomass to possess it and reshape it into, like, a doppelganger armor.
2: There's at least one other type of stand that gets introduced in these first 12 that, like, aren't really established as being a type of stand until later, but at least when they are officially introduced, it's like, oh, those previous stands make total sense now and are fairly consistent. I fucking love stand
1: types if you want to bring me back for part 5, my favorite part.
2: Oh Um. my god. (laughs) But... Yeah, even, like, um, the, the Empress introduces stands that have their own personality, mm-hmm. I believe. It,
1: and yeah, that's yeah, that... yeah. Which is totally a thing later, but it's rare. It's probably the rarest type of stand, but yeah. they're totally
0: a thing. I bet if you could get Star Platinum away from JoJo, he would have things to say.
1: <laughs> He's so mean to <laughs> his mother. They would mostly
0: be punch things.
1: Star Platinum is fun because it has personality even though it's the type of stand that normally doesn't it's the type of stand that's just an extension of the user but jotaro is a person who bottles up everything and his stand is one that is constantly screaming <laughs> and i think that, <laughs> that says is a great. lot
0: <laughs> yeah yeah no i love that uh, magician's red just puts his yeah. earbuds in and doesn't pay attention to anybody <laughs> uh,
1: to go back a minute the other thing that joseph says that is flat out wrong is how your breathing has anything to do with stand abilities um and the reason yeah. for that is because the very first time the stand was mentioned in like chapter one or two of them it uses a kanji for stand it never uses this again it uses katakana for to write stand out for the rest of the series but the kanji reads ghost ripple Ah, oh. mm-hmm. it was originally mm-hmm. going to be a type of ripple and Araki thought, no, that's fucking stupid, about halfway through writing that idea. And it's for the best that he did, because
2: I think that would suck. Um
0: <laughs> Hamon 2, the sequel to Hamon. Yeah. Yeah, let, let Hamon be its own thing.
2: Like... Yeah, I never knew that. That's interesting. Yeah,
1: which is why he says, like, when after Abdul grabs Jotaro's throat, it's like, ah, his stand is fading away, which, to go back to that transparency thing that didn't last for more than that fight. <laughs> These are both retcon things.
2: It's for the best that Stan's got to be their own thing. I'm glad at least the, the retcon of how stands work like immediately happens within the second or third episode, basically. <laughs> or, or it yeah. doesn't even really have to retcon it. It just doesn't bring it up again. So yeah. you, the viewer, just fucking forget about it. And it feels mm-hmm. way less frustrating. It, it It isn't frustrating compared to like, Hamon, where... Like, where every, they retcon every three episodes. Yeah, every fight or two is just like... Here's a new thing. Sure,
1: yeah, totally. Here's a pigeon. Here's icicles being used to build a rope.
0: <laughs> if anybody who uses Hamon hands me a pigeon, I'm very suspicious. I've seen <laughs> where those go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> filthy birds.
1: Um. Because the retcon doesn't even last into the second fight, it's very easy to just brush that off as like, There is a kernel of truth in that, in that the stand and the user are intimately connected, and you only have to take out one or the other to win the fight. Yeah. So, like, you can interpret Joseph as saying, oh, his stand is fading away when he's choking out because he's about to fall unconscious. Mm -hmm, But that's mm -hmm. not what he said. That's not at all what he said. (laughs) But you can pretend it's what he said.
0: (laughs) what what do we think about the the new uh uh boy band format of Stardust Crusaders we got <laughs> your bad boy it. your nice boy the spiritual one the big brother one the goofy one with a tragic soul <laughs>
1: every part from here on out is stardust crusaders um <laughs> stand fight of the week and you have an ensemble cast and some of the cast will get fights against the new enemy opponents
2: and some of the cast will
1: uh sit this one out for a bit so they can have their moment in the spotlight it's nice i like it
2: because you know the first two parts are very jojo centric mm-hmm. and they have allies that either get a fight and then die or immediately get job or something like that
1: part one and part two are just jojo show
2: <laughs> yeah it's really nice to still have a jojo who's still like the main character but mm. have all these other people who are just as important and get basically just as much screen time
0: and even but in some later parts see the main character at least up to this point up to this point yeah, yeah, i would yeah. say polnareff is the central figure yes, of I, the five i was
2: about to say with each part outside of jojo there's almost always a different uh uh like, like crew a member who a deuteragonist Yeah, who becomes, like, Araki's favorite. Like, Polnareff, I would say, is Araki's favorite in this. Part 4 and Part 5 definitely have major Mm -hmm. favorites that are not Jojo.
1: Yeah. Part 5 has one, well, I guess there's two problems with it. And one of them is definitely that the Jojo stops being the main character about 10 episodes in. Yeah. Uh, And that's the same problem here with Polnareff starting in, like, episode 8 with the devil.
0: Mm -hmm. Where Polnareff is
1: now mostly the main character for a while.
0: And if you look at it numerically, like who is doing the fight week to week, uh, Jojo is at least tied, might beat Polnareff. But if you look at every other bit of action that happens, because Jotaro, like you said, is so closed off to the world, it's like just a, a brick wall of don't fucking talk to me. <laughs> While Polnareff is a big, goofy guy with this Polnareff. this vengeance quest, you know, he can fit in the comedy and the drama, and he's very uh uh he, he fills time even if he's not fighting the way that jojo absolutely does not do
1: yep. polnareff is a fantastic character
0: i love him would not want to hang out agree <laughs> great to watch though
1: great oh, yeah. to watch wonderful character terrible friend
0: JoJo too. like <laughs> Kakuin, avdol i'd hang out with them we would go we would hang
1: polnareff is the zapelli of this part but has the advantage of part 3 Araki decided Jojo doesn't have to do everything Yeah He's the first Zeppeli who gets to do things He's even a strange European with a weird power That isn't like everyone else's
2: (laughs) Going back to like the the... Damn this is the rudest Jojo Who is mean to his mom And I wish he wasn't fucking mean to his mom It sucks how this is the misogynist Jojo Thanks
1: for bringing me on For the misogynist part
2: (laughs) Like, Joseph was the horny one, but Jotara's just fucking mean. There is a reason for it, but it doesn't excuse
1: it. <laughs> yeah. He was such a nice boy growing up, and I guess this is, re- this is how Araki wrote a re- rebellious teen phase, is he decides to want to be a tough guy who gets angry at people fawning over him, mm-hmm. and then constantly writes women fawning over him, so the end <laughs> result is that he's always mean to women, and it sucks. <laughs> yep. I really like Holly. Holly's
0: great.
2: Holly
1: rules. Yeah. Jotaro, you need to be nicer to your mom. You need to be thankful for how great your mom is. She's incredible.
0: I mean, Holly is basically answering the question, what would happen if Susie Q got more spotlight for for a little while? Yeah. Yeah. Because she, she really is a clone of her mother.
1: Yeah. What if Arina was a character for the first three episodes? <laughs>
0: hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. yeah.
2: You know, she's one of the two reasons, one of the two things that gets the plot going, because now she, you know, they got 50 days to to save her life because of the curse, whatever. But at the same time, I'm just like, damn, I want to see a JoJo have a mom that's also a stand user. That would be yes. fun.
1: <laughs> that would have probably been a thing if this premise was, like, in part five.
2: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> if it were part five.
1: But it's not. We're not there yet.
2: Mm-hmm. We're
1: we're in the transition phase when women are damsels. yeah. Holly is, like, our fourth damsel in JoJo so far, and we're about to get a fifth with Anne.
0: If it works for Mario, it (laughs) works for JoJo.
1: Holly's the first one I'd consider the princess, though.
0: We, we've talked about uh, uh, what we don't like, obviously, uh, about Jojo and his introduction, but what... There
1: is one thing that I super like, but it's something that shows up more later, and I want to know if you two noticed
0: it. What to the group, I am asking, presenting to the table this question, what makes JoJo, you know, likable, interesting, compelling? Why do we want to, to follow him, even if he's, he's a very rude boy who's <laughs> mean to his nice, caring, loving mother?
2: Jotaro for me is like a slow burn JoJo. Yes. It takes a long time before suddenly you realize like oh damn JoJo's or J- Jotaro is pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> there are a couple things like grant you noticed it and i i brought it up too you know rocky has explicitly said that he has based jotaro off of characters that clint eastwood has played like dirty harry yes uh you know that vibe comes through super hard but even like the first like the second fight you get with him where he's fighting kakyoin all of jotaro's fights whenever he's the the main one doing the doing the fighting at least damn his fights always have a a big sense of like Catharsis and, re- and relief at the yes. end when he wins because yes, it is, yes, damn, he fucks people up real good and like a real satisfying <laughs> like the uh, when he's about to punch Hierophant Green and he curls up each finger individually to make the fist that animation like, is so good. Jotaro really is just like the cool guy <laughs> and it actually works for me mm-hmm. in a way a lot of like characters are just supposed to be cool don't, you know, aside from that. There are things I can't really speak about yet. Cause,
0: yeah. You know, there's still three quarters of the show left. There's but. still
1: another three quarters of the show left. Yeah.
0: And I, I think that like brutal uh, excitement of the fights is tied in with, you know, his stated mission statement. Yeah. Which is something uh, his predecessors, I don't think, had so clearly. Uh, is that, you know, he is the bringer of 80s anti-hero justice. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
1: Extremely. He's the punisher.
0: And he will punish you with a punch code. He's a jerk with a heart of gold. <laughs> who
1: works really, really, really hard at making sure you all think he's a tough guy. It helps that he
0: is very tough, though.
1: <laughs> and he wants you to think that he's tough, so he, he acts like a huge jerk
2: all the time, even though he cares so much about everyone around him, and he just bottles that up.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: He is a version, for me at least, he is a version of Cloud Strife that is way better at
0: bottling up
1: <laughs> yeah. all of his nerdy <laughs>
0: tendencies.
1: He definitely has them. <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, how else could he hang out with Cocuine? Yes, for
1: sure. Um, <laughs> which brings me to the thing that there's hints of it now, so I'll I'll talk about the genesis of it. But it, there's so much more of it later. Tataro sucks at catchphrases. <laughs> yeah, that's he does. my favorite they thing about do. him.
0: They all do.
1: No, no, but he's the worst at it. In Dark They're... Blue Moon, he had to ask Abdul for help. <laughs> that is right. my favorite scene in that fight. Is when after he punches. um Captain Dragon into the ocean. He turns to Abdul and says, Abdul, say something for me. And then <laughs> Abdul has to give the line about, ah, you're too young to, li- to out predict a fortune teller thing. Um.
0: <laughs> God, there is. He can't think of one. He said the thing about wedding yourself. That's something.
1: <laughs> yeah, his one liners when he does come up with them suck ass. They're the worst. <laughs> He's so bad at them. And you'll see that in spades in like eight episodes.
2: <laughs> yeah there's god there is it'll be ages before we see this one but there is <sighs> one Jotaro like l- little quip that is so fucking bad it loops around to being badass again but is this the is... one in part <laughs> damn it can't talk about anything you immediately know which one I'm talking yes, about yes I know which one because it's my
1: favorite too
2: <laughs> yeah it, it kicks ass it's so bad that it's cool <laughs> yes it is literally the definition of so bad it's cool <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's like, even when you see what Jotaro was, like, getting brought to him in his jail cell, it's a bunch of nerd shit. He's reading Shonen Jump and driving little RC cars. Yeah,
1: he gets <laughs> a boombox
2: no- and a beer. <laughs> yeah. That, those are the cool things he gets. It's just like the late 80s, 90s tood version was supposed to be cool. Like, it is just, the only thing he's missing is a skateboard.
1: <laughs> and that, that's just because there isn't room. Yeah. <laughs> Where would he skateboard in that, like, six foot by six foot cell?
0: Oh, he'll he'll just uh, have Star Platinum knock down a wall. He's going to get a double ride. If uh, Stardust Crusaders took place like 10 or
2: 15 years later, instead of a skateboard, he would just have those little tech deck things. He'd just be doing tricks yes, on, a, on a table.
1: He'd have a collection <laughs> of pogs going.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, JoJo would definitely get the Scarface poster and not watch Scarface.
2: God, he would. Jotaro strikes me as somebody who has a very secret nerdy collection of something that he hides from everyone. We do know what that is from later bits, but yes, oh
1: right he does actually (laughs) yeah he does
2: actually I forgot (laughs) again
1: is a character who only gets better over time and we're in the very early parts where he sucks the most and is a big misogynist
0: (laughs) but is still kind of likable he's still kind (laughs) of
1: likable because and I think this is extremely important every one of his fights is about him rescuing somebody
0: yes yes Yes.
1: there isn't except for the first fight with Avdol which is kind of just him and Avdol being tough guy pricks
0: um (laughs) yeah yeah i mean it's not even a fight so much as it is a puzzle i love the way Abdul wins by defining uh what a win is before if it begins before the fight starts that's a great moment yeah yeah Yeah.
1: he's he's the cleverest one of the bunch which i mean when he's next to joseph i guess is saying a lot but (laughs) (laughs) so i want to talk about how cocky is very very extra in episode two
0: yeah so i mean yeah how
1: about the thing with the painting when his stand power has fuck all to do with that. <laughs> That's
2: true. <laughs> yeah, that is another very early thing where it's just like, wait, that never comes back? Yeah, what the fuck is that painting thing?
1: Yeah, with the painting and the marionette, you get the feeling that, like, Araki wanted to do a thing where he could only control his long-range stand through, like proxy, mm, but that mm-hmm. doesn't stick because it's for the best that he can just do
2: whatever with his stand because it's a psychic power. Mm-hmm. There's sometimes, especially in early early parts of Star Wars Crusaders, when it, it pops up in other random parts where like you, you look back at a thing and go like, wait, that's not how that works. What the fuck? Kind of the
1: early part of every part has this yeah. happen.
2: Where it's just like, okay, maybe this makes sense if the show is selectively not showing us the actual stand doing the thing to be more mysterious. Because, like, okay, he yeah. slashes the painting and then Jojo's l- leg starts bleeding and he falls over. That could just be Hierophant Green, long range, just slicing his leg, but we just don't fairly see fairly certain
1: it. it's um, supposed to be his Emerald Splash mm, okay. that he cuts his leg with. Um, mm-hmm. They actually added, like, a flash of green when it happens in the anime which wasn't there. Oh, well, I, I guess it that. couldn't be there in the manga, it's not in color.
0: <laughs> I mean, I guess there there is a sense that the flesh bud uh gives you a little bit of, of you know, Dioness, a little bit of just mm-hmm. hmm, how can I do this with uh, uh, some flair? Cuz <laughs> uh, uh even Polnareff like I I can't imagine him like teasing anybody with a piece of fruit. Uh, after he joins the crew.
2: Cockyween, <laughs> like, his stand still has the abilities that he showed off in his first fight. He just doesn't use them as much because they're it's a more like evil way of using higher threat yeah. green. He's not gonna possess anybody now that he's a good guy. <laughs> yeah, right, he yeah, can do yeah. that, but He can,
1: but he's not gonna go puppet anybody. He's trying to be good. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> he'll just shoot more chaos emeralds he
1: will however stab a beetle 80 times to, to cut an old man into bits but that old man yeah, killed, they, killed they like had 10 people yeah
0: yeah yeah and that's just that day that that old man <laughs> crashed a, a airliner killing 300 over scotland
1: on top of being an assassin for hire who did who knows how many jobs
2: outside of that one i've always wondered how did tower of gray crash that other plane and then survive yeah, that's um sort of a thing that's never
1: mentioned or brought up
2: because the stand power certainly can't save him.
1: There are stands that could save a lot of people from plane crashes. Tower of Gray is not one of them.
0: It's easy to get a parachute and get off the plane if you're the only one who knows the plane is about to crash.
2: That's true. That's There's true. no
0: line up until a certain. You just point. bring
2: a parachute in his carry on. Because I was gonna say, like, yeah, he's not a type of guy who has has a stand <laughs> range that's hundreds of meters.
0: <laughs> Let's talk about Joseph's transition to becoming support Grampy. He's yeah. a really
1: good support Grampy. I actually prefer him this way over his regular part, and he's pretty good in part two.
0: Yeah, I I love both
2: Josephs, but there's something about old Joseph I like a whole lot. Especially, I just love his look. I love I love the designs of mm-hmm. all the characters in, in of, of the main group in part three. But I really like old Joseph's uh all of his getups. He
1: has a good design,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: and I like that his stand is really weird and different everyone else's? It's just these vines that let him see things that are far away.
0: Yeah, it's the first uh, uh, stand, and honestly the only for quite some time, that really pushes the boundaries of what a stand can be. Mm-hmm. You, you've seen Punch Ghost, Fire Punch Ghost, and now what the fuck is this? I can break a camera to get a picture. <laughs> it doesn't look like a guy. It has its own specific like rules and use case. Like, wow, stands can be a lot of things. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's the third stand we see. And it's already a second type of stand. And it's a type of stand that's super rare and uncommon. Yellow Temperance is the same type. It's like this armor type stand that wraps around the user. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I
1: really like those type of stands, and they're very uncommon.
2: Yeah. I forget if this was ever an official... There is some drawing out there. I can't remember if it's an official thing, or if it was like done in mm-hmm. for some weird novelization that Araki didn't work on. But there is some illustration out there showing what hermit purple looks like if joseph just wasn't there and it actually is <laughs> supposed to be like a weird viney guy it's just overlapping oh. joseph or something i don't okay. i can't remember if that's an official thing or not i have no idea i haven't heard of that i us have to see if i can find that later but i
1: will say oh. that it is foreshadowing for holly stand hmm that I feel like that's the main purpose of it being a weird vine is so that way when Holly stand is a vine that strangles the life out of her, you're not too surprised.
0: Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. By that point or shortly after, we've also seen uh, uh, Dio doing vine things. It just seems like you know the family vine.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I also don't know if this is an actual a Rocky said thing or a, air quotes a Rocky said thing that's just the <laughs> fandom. But apparently, if Holly didn't get bedridden by her stand, it would have been another armor-type stand that lets her walk through walls. Huh. Ooh. So that would have been rad as fuck, and I wish she could have gone on the JoJo adventure with everyone.
2: Ah, uh, man, that would have been cool. The fights you could do with that kind of ability is rad as fuck.
0: Yeah, just, just look at... <laughs> exactly. Just ask Chris Claremont. He'll tell you. <laughs> yeah.
2: Go look over at uh, Kitty. Kitty Pride. I also feel like if you had Holly in the group and her Billy was... You know, uh walking through walls, there's probably a lot of comedy you could write through that because she's a pretty goofy character, like mm-hmm. her just busting through walls and surprising people seems like it'd be pretty funny. Also, mm-hmm. strength would have been her fight. Oh shit, she could just go through the walls with him.: Yeah. yeah. she' <laughs> just walk through the walls to, to
1: pursue him. Yeah, and she's the only one who wouldn't be trapped when he decides to get serious and trap everyone and think he won. Also, we wouldn't have needed Anne to be in the shower because she would have been in the shower because it's that kind of show. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I can't say you're wrong. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I I think part of what makes uh, Joseph's transition into, you know, just being part of the team and one of the least active, although more present parts of the team you know uh less battling much more in the the planning and direction and you know the Mm -hmm. navigator of the squad it lets his goofy side come out and uh uh, just being 50 years older it adds that that very fussy layer onto (laughs) his goofy side he doesn't have to carry the action so he can just be the big personality that that we love
1: jotaro is the misogynist and joseph is the racist (laughs) (laughs) yeah His racism is funny and harmless, but it is still very much anti-Japanese racism that also applies to like every other Easterner he ever meets.
0: Oh, he's real concerned about what's going on in India. It it really comes out in those first minutes. Like, yeah, yeah,
1: the first thing he says in India, I feel like this is a country where everyone eats chili or eats curry and gets sick all the time. And then, of course, he's the one who gets infected by a a stand infection. Mm -hmm. Just to, you know, make him more worried about Diseases. Oh, and then the doctor has a rusty scalpel just to further enforce his prejudices, make him freak Mm -hmm. out a little more, you know, for funsies. For for he's an
0: English-trained doctor.
1: Yeah, he (laughs) knows how to do appendectomies.
0: That's a a rusty scalpel straight from London town. I'll have you know.
1: (laughs) And then he gets wanted for murder, and it's never brought up again.
0: (laughs) Speedwagon lawyers are real good. If they don't all have a murder on their rap sheet by the end of this, that's a missed opportunity. (laughs)
1: Uh, To be fair, I think the only reason Jotaro doesn't is because he manages to murder people so brutally, no one finds the body. (laughs) Yeah. um... Like, Yellow Temperance just gets left in the ocean. Right. As does Dark Blue Moon, as does Strength. He just keeps giving people burials at sea. (laughs) (laughs) Tower of Grey Two, probably. They had to do a crash landing in the water.
2: God, right, yeah. Something I like, especially when, like in later parts, when stands are, you know, a lot more... Not standardized, but the, the types of fights and, and abilities you get yeah. are uh, start, you know, getting more solidified. They're standardized in the sense that every stand has a specific ability instead of just being yeah. this sort of fuzzy collection. Yeah. But what what I start to and it starts to show through in some of the fights even early on here, mm-hmm. like Yellow Temperance and even the strength, is um I really like how a lot of stand fights no longer turn into we just gotta punch better than the other punchy guy. Yeah. That's out the window. That's gone. Yeah, and they turn into this power. I don't know how the fuck my power can even counteract this guy's power. They're so fucking weird and different. How do Mm -hmm. they even interact? This is just a big boat. And the whole fight is figuring out that question, which is, it kicks ass. Yeah, like, this is a big boat that can just swallow us. How do we, we can't punch the boat, how do we do this one? Although that one's just an easy answer, just fucking kill the guy using the boat. You know, yellow temperance, it just eats everything, you can't punch it, what do you even do? Like, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. a lot of the early solutions are just go after the guy using the stand, but it's still (laughs) like a fun puzzle, and it's no longer just- To be
1: fair, that's also very different than other things like this. Stand fights have a unique dynamic where you can either fight the stand or the user. So yeah. if a stand is like crazy invincible and you can't deal with it, look for the guy controlling it. Like Tower
2: of Grace situation, although they ended yeah. up
1: hitting the stand anyway.
2: Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, there's a lot of shows that end up going, like, the Monster of the Week format or mm-hmm. something, and they can get a little stale or repetitive after a while. But with stands, because everything is so wacky and different every single time, because that's the format of stands, like, it never gets super tiring for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The
1: fact that every fight completely changes up the parameters going in is really nice. Yeah. That said, though, Jotaro's stand power is I get within one meter of you, I win. So, <laughs> yeah, all of his fights are about having to get within that one meter range. <laughs>
2: Yeah. And then he cheats in Dark Blue Moon and shoots his fingers. <laughs> God damn it, I hate Starfinger. I'm glad it never shows up again. It shows up the,
1: uh... twice more. Does it actually? I thought it only appeared in... I think both of the new times it shows up are anime editions. actually. Oh, like, they add it to right. situations where it would make sense. It is, it's never the win button it is in Dark Blue Moon again. It's just something That's he whips right. out in the middle of a fight a couple times.
2: That's right, cause um, I remember mm-hmm, reading mm-hmm. about looking up the entry for Starfinger on yeah. on the wiki, and I was just like, it never shows up after strength. Like, yeah, if the anime. No, again. it does. It, again. Okay. It, it shows up a
1: couple more times. In parts it would make sense, honestly. It, it, it's kind of rad. Good. I like that they added it in, so I guess be on the lookout for that in the next 30 episodes.
2: Oh boy, Starfinger shows up again. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad none of the others... I, I'm glad that, like, Polnareff suddenly doesn't realize, wait a minute, I can just make my sword stretchy or something like that. Yeah. You know, it's... it's
0: <laughs> So we've talked a a little bit about each of our boys, Mm -hmm. but with one big exception uh, that that, uh, I I think we do have a lot to speak about, Avdol, uh, Mm -hmm. especially because we, we are putting this right after his death. And yeah. in the last episode, we didn't speak much about it because much like the characters, we had a whole lot of other stuff to do. There is day. so
1: much going on in the Emperor and Hanged Man fight. And then the <laughs> Empress right after that. Yeah, I can see that episode being
0: a little bit yep. packed. Yep. Oh. So like I mentioned, then uh, I was saving my thoughts just for for runtime concerns to to now. Mm. So let, let's talk about Avdol. Avdol and uh,
1: I really, really like Avdol. I really don't like how he's literally, well, part three is based on horror movies. So, of course, the black man died first.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: It's unfortunate.
0: It is unfortunate. There there are, as there always are when you're talking about specific uh, examples of a trope, there are mitigating circumstances. Mm. Like there is, he's the one with the most personal connection to Polnareff. Mm -hmm. Uh, in the episode about Polnareff's you know growth and maturity he's also he's very necessary to the group Mm -hmm. in that he is their their guide to the world of stands and mysticism that's a very big loss for them to take but also vulnerable because he's not his name ain't on the the cover (laughs) (laughs) nor was he on the cover of you know the previous part his stand is
1: very strong but pyrokinesis isn't a defensive ability (laughs) yeah he keeps using pyrokinesis wrong but it's not supposed to be a defensive ability (laughs) i i don't like how araki wrote magician's red's powers out of the whole group i think magician's red is probably the least interesting Uh, i think the big problem is mostly that the fire doesn't work like fire it works like rope like he always uses it to capture people and lift them and throw them around fire's danger is that it's hot and burn it feel bad (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it feel
2: bad and hard hard to go near
0: (laughs) real good for making clocks with though not a lot of people know that
2: it's hard to believe that his fire even burns at all because like he lights polnareff completely on fire and polnareff's just like i deserve this he also did the
1: jotaro in the first episode (laughs) That's right
2: yeah and he's just like like, both "Ah." of his
1: fights he lights his opponent entirely on fire And threatens (laughs) to hospitalize them. And then he just snaps his fingers and they're fine. Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm, Like, mm -hmm. he
1: pulls the fire back so good it pulls the burns back
2: with it. Avdol's a nice guy. <laughs> it makes no sense.
0: Avdol is a nice guy, and I think that's part of why he he slinks into the background. Because mm-hmm. uh, uh, Kakyoin also doesn't get a lot of focus himself, but is often brought forward as, you know, a foil to Jojo, as a comparison to, point to Jotaro. Mm-hmm. Whereas Avdol doesn't have that sort of ready use. He's just a nice, pleasant man who sometimes knows about a stand user and sometimes doesn't. <laughs> mm
1: mm-hmm. I really, really like Abdul as a person. It just he doesn't get to do too much because he's only here for 11 episodes. Mm-hmm. I think
0: it's really unfortunate that he didn't get to fight an enemy stand user. He, he got to convert an enemy to a friend. That's cool. Mm-hmm. But he didn't get, you know, to face a really like fucking evil dude.
1: I am certain yeah. it's because Araki couldn't figure out how to not just write his power as I set them on fire and I win. Because <laughs> um, yeah. he doesn't have Jotaro's range problem He doesn't have Takuin's problem Where a Hierophant Green is actually kind of weak It has to use trickery to get anything done Polnareff's stand Is very good for doing fights Because it's just a cool fight man
0: Yeah, <laughs> It's yeah. a cool
1: fight man that doesn't instantly win Like Star Platinum does It actually has to go through the fight So that's why Polnareff gets a lot of fights And then mm-hmm. Abdal doesn't Because they're hard to write He just gets fights where he's not allowed to cut loose even though that was literally the thing he says, ha I can cut loose here in this park because there's no one around <laughs> with Silver Chariot. And then he just kind of, they just kind of play around with each other. Aha, uh-huh, I melted that statue to make it look like it was me getting owned. And then threw it at you with my pyrokinesis' ability to throw things. <laughs> yeah, the first like five stands are all based on like supernatural phenomenon. If that isn't obvious, Jotaro's mm-hmm. mm-hmm. is telekinesis that eventually, you know, doesn't stay that way because he can't no lo- he can no longer get things from outside of a cell. And then there's clairvoyance for Joseph and Abdul's is pyrokinesis and Kakyoin's is like a possession. That's what his
2: power was. Right. That doesn't stick. I will say that like damn, the way Abdul goes, goes out though is pretty brutal. Uh, yeah, he goes yeah. out
1: like a goddamn hero who. Lost his
0: life like a fool, and it sucks. <laughs> it mm-hmm. sucks and it
1: owns at the same time.
0: Yeah, I think it's great for like we've mentioned the the stakes of the story. Mm-hmm. uh it, it really sells these uh, increasingly dangerous stand users, yeah. uh, Hanged Man in particular, and you know the drama of it that Polnareff is being saved by you know his, his one true love. Uh, who <laughs> he? Who would have been alive if he just listened to him uh, in the first place a few hours earlier? Yeah, we we've come so far in the way people die in JoJo from. Uh, uh, all of the, the dismembered talking body parts <laughs> of part one that, you know, they, they don't die until their life's work is, is complete and, and they still have all of these powerful, comforting, uh, uh, yeah. last words of wisdom to share. No, when people die, they just fucking die. And then yeah. to underline that whole horse says so.
1: <laughs> yeah. That scene where Kakuyin is shaking his body, he's like, hey, it's just a light wound, right? You'll wake up, right? Is really traumatizing. It's... Remember, Kakuyin's 16. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And he just watched this man die in his arms
2: because his friend was being an idiot. (laughs) Like, the way abdul dies it also feels like that that type of gritty like i mean because it was literally just happening right right mm. before abdul sh- shows up with like this kind of like wild west like cowboy duel almost damn it feels like just like a really brutal murder in the wild west or something because he just dies on a dirt street like falls in a mm-hmm. fucking puddle just with a g- gunshot wound to the head yeah it's uh, extremely western yeah
1: very sudden very brutal and also fantastic motivation For have to stick with the crew f- to, to, to the ends of the earth Because mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. now Now this is personal again <laughs> Before yeah. he had his own personal quest Well he did that With the help of Avdol who died helping him Doing it so now he's gotta avenge Avdol <laughs>
0: One thing I I would really have liked and and hope eventually comes I don't know probably not at this point but with, with the way that the anime just to to maintain you know timing and pace and episode length keeps adding these little moments the, these little cutaways why can't we have an image of that funeral that uh, mm. uh, that that our JoJo's mentioned like why why can't we have please just a little moment of tribute for for the nice kind man mm-hmm.
2: yeah yeah. I do wish that was added, too, especially because they have already added, you know, multiple little things and they continue to do so throughout the whole thing.
0: I would rather have that than just another bit of whatever Enya's mad about today. Like if you're going (laughs) to add something.
2: (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah, I was uh, really unhappy. I didn't remember that scene where she just clubbed a cat over the head for
2: no reason. Like (laughs) didn't that. Well, that wasn't great. To end yeah. on? At least the cat kind of shrugs it off and just runs off. Yeah, like, that, that I, blow I feel looked like
1: it would have killed it.
2: Yeah, it's. I feel like if that same scene happened but it was a dog, that dog would have just fucking exploded. <laughs> oh yeah, how about the dead dog in this part?
0: <laughs> oh, that's God. a hell of a dog. That's <laughs> <is laughs> a hell of Pucky. a dead
2: dog. The dog gets named seconds before its head gets ripped off. Jesus Christ.
1: At least its name is literally just Poochie. So we know Araki didn't think about it too hard.
0: <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> that that was probably the most brutal dog death yet,
0: yeah. and I'm not At,
1: sure if it's going to be topped.
0: I would say it won clearly by a head.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's pretty bad. A- after a long period of time of there being no dog death in JoJo, it came back yeah. real, real Part crazy. Part two even had cars like kill a bunch of humans to save a dog. That sad old puppy. <laughs> that was an old puppy.
1: <laughs> it was. <laughs> Uh I love that scene too. This is part 2, but I don't know, Cars is great before he undoes his hair. I really mm. like him in the first half of part 2 a lot. Because of yeah. shit like that <laughs> to just emphasize, oh, he's a good person. He just wants all humans dead, you know? <laughs> <laughs> he
2: wouldn't step on a flower.
1: Yeah, he wouldn't he wouldn't step on a flower. He wouldn't hurt
0: a dog. He he wants to bring new things into the world. Stone masks, air guitar, beautiful, beautiful things.
1: Vampires to eat. I really like how Hormit Purple got its usage expanded in The Empress to actually being a useful stand.
2: <laughs> yeah, even though it's basically just like, well, okay, yeah, I can wrap around other things. And, well, hey, I'll just use physics to tear this thing off my arm. The, the very slow expansion of what me- vi- visual mediums can be used... <laughs> For spirit photography, mm-hmm. um, okay, like he uses TVs. a television and yellow
1: temperance very poorly, but it's better than breaking a three hundred dollar camera every time. Yeah,
0: uh. <laughs> just breaking a six hundred dollar TV. Yeah,
1: he doesn't even break the TV. Dio does,
0: right? Yeah, Dio. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It you, you try explaining that to the front desk. Okay, that's true. <laughs> he doesn't
1: have to pay for it still. But it's the same situation as that doctor that got murdered by the Empress. (laughs) It wasn't his fault. He's just the only one there, so he's going to get blamed anyway.
2: I'm so sorry, but a a sexy evil vampire blew up your TV in
0: my room.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I keep finding naked pictures of him.
0: Yeah, I know he's my grandpa, kind of. I I am aware, okay? (laughs) Don't look at me like that.
1: Can you imagine what Jotaro was thinking when his grandpa suddenly showed up one day, busted out of jail to show him naked pictures of his great great grandpa? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> he probably said, "Good grief!" Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, yada yada does it. But yeah, I really like how Hermit Purple gets expanded into a proper ass ability when it really wasn't in episode one and two. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: It just kind of was a joke. I really do like how when Dio takes a spirit picture with his own Hermit Purple, he doesn't break the camera. He just puts his vines in and the picture comes out. Wait,
2: right, yeah, he just taps it.
1: Just to show that Joseph doesn't have to break the camera, he just does.
0: <laughs> Abdul told him once this is a joke and he still thinks it's funny.
1: <laughs> on the topic of retcons, Hermit Purple is not Dio's stand. <laughs> um, there's two explanations for this, depending on whether you want to go with the Official retcon for why this works,
0: or the the real reason? It's Jonathan's stand. Is this the family stand? Yes, that's the official reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jotaro's just a fucking weirdo. Yeah, that's
1: the that's the official retconny reason. The real reason is because I'm fairly sure Araki wanted to write Dio stand as every stand, but long before we get to Dio, realized that that would be stupid. <laughs> <laughs> That wouldn't yeah. work with how Stands evolved.
2: That that's just the car's ultimate being but with Stands, like.
1: Yeah. Cuz with Enya's introduction of how ah you have the power to take over the world, it's definitely it feels like it's
2: leading up to that. But then he gets a different Stand power and you won't see that for
1: 40 episodes.
2: You know, even though though the show is adding a lot of extra scenes of like what's Enyaba mad about? today. It is nice to get at least a little bit more of Dio's presence in the early episodes, even if it's yeah. just him skulking around the shadows and being like, hmm, I'm sexy today, you know. <laughs> uh.
1: I like how Enya functions as a counterpart to Dio, so Dio can still be this brooding, mysterious man, while he still has someone shouting all of his
0: evil plans from the rafters. <laughs> is she, oh my god, is she evil Speedwagon? yes. Whoa. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, That's literally no. her role. She's
2: oh, evil no, There's an
0: evil speedwagon. <laughs> oh, man. Even more evil than Nazi speedwagon. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even disagree.
1: <laughs> Part two goes out of its way to try to redeem Stroheim and then, you know, kills him off on Cer- in the end, which is for the best because he's still a fucking Nazi. Yeah. Um, but Enya...
2: She's just evil, <laughs> and he's just evil, and everyone's fine with her just being yeah. evil. Hangman is also extremely fucking evil. Yeah,
1: but she thinks of him <laughs> as oh, he's such a sweet, pure boy. What a good boy, <laughs> my grand,
2: my my son.
1: How could anyone hurt him without resorting to trickery? <laughs> that said, that fight with him is so fucking cool.
2: Hangman is a really good fight. It's also really cool to get a stand fight that's got two guys in it, Mm -hmm. even though, you know, it's not always two guys. Yeah,
1: which I think is probably why part five is my favorite. Yeah, something I meant to say earlier and didn't is I think this is an unpopular take, but I like every part more than the previous.
2: Mm. Like Mm. my
1: favorite, my list of favorite parts goes in opposite order.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, part nine is going to blow your mind when, <laughs> once it exists. Once it
1: exists.
2: I don't know if there will be a part nine. <laughs>
0: part um, eight's been going on for a really long time. If Apparently
1: it's
2: this. in the final fight. I don't know. I don't read the manga. I've been meaning to read, but also sometimes I... But I don't want to spoil part six when the anime's coming out. Yeah, yeah, same. And I've already, <laughs> unfortunately, kind of been spoiling the... Some of the really big things that happen. I've been spoiled
1: on a bunch of random crap throughout the series for part six and seven. Yeah, thankfully. A couple random bits in part
2: eight, but. Yeah, thankfully, because of the way JoJo works, even if you get spoiled, it's kind of like. I'm going to enjoy it anyway. It. Yeah, I'm going to enjoy <laughs> it anyways, and two, I don't believe you. Oh, yeah. shit. I guess I should have believed <laughs> you because that's what happened. Well, I mean, like, <laughs> stuff I was spoiled on is I know what the stands
1: of parts six and seven's protagonists do, but, like. Yeah knowing what star platinum does doesn't make it less cool <laughs> yeah yeah it's not gonna be a problem i've seen what the part four and part five pro takes do i'm sure it'll be wild
0: mm-hmm. another thing about the uh um hanged man fight though i mm-hmm. enjoy is because uh it shows another strength of our you know our, our adventuring party structure and how uh Each pair has their own dynamic. Yes. And which is another reason I wish Avdol would have, you know, lived longer. Mm -hmm. I'd like to see just Avdol get to be in more of these pair ups. But like, Kakuin and Polnareff really worked well together in adversity. Yeah. Which is something you would not expect. Mm -hmm. They required the adversity to to finally work well together.
1: It worked really well. And yeah, this is where I was going with that a second ago. Part five is my favorite because it's full of these team up fights. Almost every Mm -hmm. fight is Mm -hmm. a team up fight. It fucking rules. And I wish part three had more of it, because they're so good. They add such a dynamic. When 2v2 stand fights are another level above a 1v1 stand fight,
0: Yeah, it's great. It's twice as much, yeah. (laughs) It stands to reason. Literally, this
1: entire... The reason they could beat Hanged Man, which is such a strong stand, is because they had to flip it from a 2v1 against Polnareff into a 2v1 against Hanged Man.
0: And they had to argue about the existence of mirror dimensions. (laughs) Yeah. Which is... (laughs) really funny for later
1: reasons. Uh-huh. You can't spoil JoJo's, but there is a mirror world. <laughs> oh, of course, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A later stand has a mirror world and they just deal with it then. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you know, it it happens, whatever. <laughs> and it's very funny that kakuin is so insistent that there isn't one, uh because that's just not true apparently. <laughs> uh, I love the parts where they say they're... No, 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 that's not what you say in the situation where Kaki and Polnareff are doing that back and forth to each other. When it's you're so about good. to get revenge, you have to say something like, my name is Jean-Pierre Polnareff, you killed my sister, prepare to die. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh-huh. Are you sure you didn't get the episodes uh, uh, that, that I offered to send you? Are you sure?
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucking good. I, I, that was definitely taken from Princess Bride, so there's no... in the original... When Araki was writing it. So there's no way you didn't make the same joke. Everyone (laughs) does because it's the joke. That's what it is. Yeah, it's
2: just straight up. No denying. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) That's what that's from. Polnareff's character is pretty much based on Inigo Montoya.
2: Anime Inigo Montoya.
1: Yeah, and it's great. (laughs) Even the part where he's like got a weird weakness for women. Mm-hmm. yeah i think hanged man is by far my favorite i think it's my t- favorite f- the fight of the first half of Sardis crusaders and it's a strong endpoint for these 12 episodes
2: yeah there's like one or two in the the second half of of this first arc that are also pretty strong i think but Hangman is yeah the the stakes for hanged man are so high and he is such a threatening powerful stand where you don't know how the fuck especially when you're in the, like, like the halfway point of that where it's, they're just driving the fuck away, trying to get away. And it's just like, how the fuck can they even beat a stand like this?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One thing that I think sets apart Stardust Crusaders from its predecessors is, is it's surprisingly profane. Oh, yeah. Everybody's got real pot- potty mouths. <laughs> uh, you, c- you could not imagine anyone talking about sewer cockroach dicks <laughs> in either of the previous two parts. Yeah. Like who who is the the most foulest mouth character in in part 2 Wired Beck? He never he never said that shit.
1: Yeah. To be fair, he also only had 1
2: minute to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> part 3 I think is like the foulest like grossest part of JoJo as far as just like Yeah. Like there's a lot of disgusting body horn and violence in later parts for sure, but especially part 5. Yeah, part five is brutal as fuck.
1: If you thought Abdul's death was brutal, or anything in these episodes was brutal, uh, part five takes it to another level. But that's a different thing from the
2: profanity and the. Yeah.
1: Some of the insults in part three, my guy.
2: <laughs> yeah, everyone's just swearing, and there's just like a lot of just like normal gross stuff in part three. They're in just like a lot of. They just end up in situations that are just really gross and dirty, or like. Part three, we haven't seen a lot of it yet. There's just a lot of poop. There's a lot of poop? <laughs> yeah. There, there's the, the pig poop toilet? Polnareff toilets. is going to have
1: toilet troubles. Just just a <laughs> warning. Yes. That's a recurring motif that Polnareff has problems with bathrooms. Yeah, there's...
0: there's... Well, I think that bathroom had a problem with him. <laughs> That's yeah. probably
1: more true, yes, but, like, just saying that this isn't even the end, this isn't even the start of it.
2: <laughs> yeah there's just like a lot of just gross poop stuff and just gross body stuff in general like biological stuff in later parts of part three where it's just like that never really comes up again the
1: very first episode even of part three jotaro saves himself from abdol by breaking open a toilet yeah. he splashes that's himself true. with toilet water <laughs> to fight Abdul better
2: There's just something about part three that's gross and yeah. like more of a base human way and less of a conceptual body horror way. i think
1: part of it too is that iraqi wanted to write around the world in 80 days with jojo mm-hmm. so there's a lot of that in the tourism parts too yeah something i really like about part three in general that is never again in a later part and wasn't really it was sort of in part two kind of maybe is all these extra bits where they're just talking about their new location and how it's mm-hmm. cool and different from the rest of the world like how you can get hot cola in Hong Kong, which is not and en- which isn't something you get anywhere else.
0: There's a reason for that, I bet. Yeah, yeah.
1: I think there is. It's because hot cola
2: sounds gross. <laughs> um, as Joseph even mentions in the episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do really appreciate like the the tour the tourism the sightseeing aspect of mm-hmm. of part three because they all it just really comes through super hard for me that Iraqi really just likes visiting other places because if I believe I said it, it in earlier episodes, I think Iraqi actually did like travel to visit a lot of the places he put yes. in, in part three. Um,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um,
2: I think that's true of part five as well. Also part six I think. Yeah, I've heard it's true of part six
1: but again, I haven't seen part six yet. Uh... And I don't think it's possible for part seven.
2: Oh no. <laughs> From what I know about part seven, yeah, not possible. Yeah, yeah it just comes really through comes through v- v- very hard that, you know, he enjoyed traveling and wanted to share that. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, like, Kakiween's main character trait at this point, besides being the quiet guy, is that he read
1: a lot of tourist guides, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like when they go to Hong Kong, he is so excited to talk about all of the net the the native delicacies that you should have to try.
2: <laughs> I don't know if this part was in the manga or if it was added for for the anime or what, but all all the little bits that are like kind of easy to miss that are just Cocu being a really, really good boy. Like, oh, yeah, uh, during the uh, yellow temperance thing and the real cocky comes back and is like, where the fuck have you been? He's just like, oh, son, tanning. In your uniform? Oh, yeah. All right. Totally. That's the real one. <laughs> it's just like, he's such a fucking weirdo. And it's great. <laughs> <laughs> it's in a real low key way that's easy to, like, just ignore.
1: On the topic of things that are really easy to to overlook. Uh, this is something that's definitely true, just from backstory in the thing, just reading into it a little. Yellow Temperance definitely tried to do that cherry thing to convince Jotaro he was the real Cockyween. <laughs> like, it wasn't meant to be a weird, creepy thing. He must have met Kakyoin when he was in Egypt three months ago. And was like, oh, he does this weird thing with the cherries. If I do that too, he'll definitely know I'm the real Kakyoin, because no one else does that. <laughs> Jotaro yeah. hadn't seen Kakui do the weird thing with the cherry yet, <laughs> <laughs> and thought it was just him being a weird creep.
0: <laughs> Kakiwina also liked to eat giant bugs uh, in Egypt. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah.
0: It's just a weird coincidence.
2: Just, just a weird coincidence. It only comes up a little bit every once in a while, but it, it's definitely in, like, the beginning of the Yellow Temperance fight. But, man, the further on you get into JoJo, the more, like, the stand fights start to be, feel like uh, fever dreams that you cannot escape. Like, you want to wake <laughs> up. Because yeah. everything just gets really weird and just a little off-kilter, and, like, no one else believes you that everything's weird and off-kilter. Like, that is an aspect I like in, in later JoJo fights and, and stuff. Uh, this is actually the second adaptation, animated adaptation of Stardust Crusaders. Yes, that's true. Uh, there was a 90s OVA series. It didn't adapt the entire thing. It condensed it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it also, also really... condensed it
1: very strangely.
2: <laughs> yeah, there's some really weird changes. It's also weird to see because the art style didn't really try to adapt the style of the manga at all. Yeah, it's it got its, its own thing. look. It's Joseph... literally Fist of the North Star. <laughs> yeah, Joseph is blonde. Ooh. There's just some really weird random changes, like when Jotaro is fighting Kakyoin for the first time, uh, that fight ends up in a bamboo thicket, like in a forest. Yeah, they
1: fight in like a forest. It's very yeah. strange.
2: The other thing with that OVA that's really wild is the
1: back half of it was made first.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. They made
1: six episodes covering the back, covering the entire back half of Stardust Crusader is basically just hitting the best of fights. And then they went back and tried to fit the first half of Stardust Crusaders into another six-episode OVA, like, seven years later. And those
2: episodes are far worse.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now, which one has Charles Martinet? Uh,
2: The back half has Charles Martinet in it. The back
0: half, which is the first half.
2: The good half. (laughs) Yeah. Uh,
1: For some reason, they decided that strength is one of the important fights to adapt. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. Like, it's cockyweed, Silver Chariot, Strength, Emperor, and then two other fights you haven't got to yet.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that that whole thing is really weird. Everyone just, everyone's face has much more rounded features, so seeing Jotaro with kind of a round chin instead of being super, super angular, it's really weird. Oh, have you seen the picture of Jotaro with the lines removed from his face? No. I
1: will go look it up, because he actually (laughs) looks like a (laughs) 17-year-old.
2: Uh, a really, a, a small aspect of the art direction that I've, we've pointed out before in a previous podcast, but I just want to bring up quickly mm-hmm. again, is uh, I love everyone's, if somebody's meant to be cool, they got those weird shoulders,
0: the weird shoulder pads. Even, Even the kid gets them, which is amazing.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Look oh, at him look without at the lines in his face! He looks like a 17-year-old! Whoa! There wasn't. There actually was a teenager under there! <laughs> God, now he now he looks like JoJo's from later parts just by re- removing yeah. the cheek lines. Holy shit. <laughs> he looks like a part four character now. Yeah, he does. That's crazy. That's good. <laughs> it's so good. It works really well. I, I got to send Voidberger that. She'll love it.
0: <laughs> what happens if you take all the other lines off? That was no, you take off his chin dimple. You take off his knuckles. He's just super smooth. Oh, then we're
2: Samurai Jack.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you had me on for these twelve episodes because I
2: definitely don't remember the next twelve nearly as fondly there There's a couple that I definitely remember pretty well, but yeah, this is a a, a little bit of a blank spot for me Mm-hmm. yeah i'm I'm interested to rewatch these and, and see how I think about them again, aside from like two kind of weird fights you know strength and and blue moon the the fir- beginning twelve episodes are are pretty fairly strong actually I yeah. thought they were going be having weaker. fun yeah, I remember
1: I re- them being worse, but honestly like. As much as the devil's plan fucking sucks ass that he has to get stabbed in order for his stand to do good things, uh, it's a cool fight. It's not
0: his fault.
1: (laughs) No, he just needs a better way of forming
2: grudges.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He's just got to get like really, I don't know, r- really high strung. I he guess needs,
2: he needs to wear protective gear or something. At least protect your eyeballs. Like if you're gonna get hurt real bad, protect your eyes. Maybe your tongue too, because like maybe have
0: your stand powered by a road rage instead of physical pain. <laughs> yeah,
1: like get it, get a, power up your stand with playing MMOs. <laughs> League of Legends is really good for getting people mad. at have
2: Yeah, what if he just get owned while playing Tekken or something? (laughs) You know? (laughs) There was
0: already a couple fighting games out by the point (laughs) started. Don Corleone hires Soul Sacrifice to go enter a Dota tournament.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I need you to take out the competition. (laughs) (laughs) At best, his stand could have only taken up Polnareff, who at this point in the timeline was the least committed of the five to hunting down Dio.
2: Yeah.
0: He could never, he could never have fought Kakyoin. Kakyoin would, would never strike first. He's too nice.
1: Yeah. And when he does strike, it would be an instant kill because that's how he rolls. <laughs> he lays a trap and then once you step into it, he destroys you. That's how his stand fights go.
0: It's great. <laughs> I mean, that is how so, so many of these stand fights go. Yeah. That, that's how Avdol beats uh, Polnareff. That's how. That's, it's, it's the DNA of
1: Joseph in part two.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. the standard, uh, uh, MO for, for all of them. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, that, maybe that's another way Jotaro is different. He yeah. actually just punches through the pain. Yeah.
1: Part of this is because Kakuin is the rogue of the party.
0: hmm mm-hmm. Yes.
1: This is actually a thing, too. Um, Araki based their party composition on Dungeons and Dragons stuff.
0: Uh, oh. The party
1: of four was the fighter Jotaro. The rogue was, um, Kakuin. The wizard is Abdal, and the priest is Joseph. Hmm.
0: And then Polnareff is the DM's girlfriend. She gets all the. She gets the... a Paladin.
1: <laughs> yeah. The end of the of the Empress gave a teaser for the next Stand fight. Do you have any thoughts on what the next Stand fight will be, Grant?
0: Okay, so <laughs> uh, if so many of these Stand fights are are based on on classic horror monsters, I guess the next one is Christine, uh, Stephen King's Killer Car movie. <laughs> Maximum overdrive. (laughs) I hope you have fun with next episode's road trip. I do love uh, um, a fight that takes advantage of... A change in geography or a change in setting yes like, i i like the strength fight like we've been very clear that the strength episode has of a, a giant glowing weak point mm-hmm. uh they yeah. could have been easily actually, fixed i don't this... think we
1: actually talked about that on the episode because we talked about it right before and then didn't bring it up again. everybody
0: knows what we're talking about They heard i'm sure it happened yeah. in your
1: episode you talked about <laughs> oh the yeah 12 year old bathing scene
0: uh-huh. um, but but the actual part of fighting strength, the actual fight, and you know the the character of the orangutan, incredible. I, but but the specifically, the power is
1: also very cool, very clever. Fight,
0: fighting the place you are in is so cool, is so fun. Mm-hmm. An action scene on the streets, man. Fast and the Furious Nine is coming out, baby. I am hyped. I am ready.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, how about that uh, traditional Western showdown with Polnareff and whole horse. <laughs> We haven't even talked about Whole Horse
2: in this episode.
0: Oh, okay, we gotta talk about Whole Horse.
1: He's the whole horse. 100% of
0: the
2: horse. Not even half a horse. A whole horse is very fun. I like him a lot.
1: Yeah, he's a great character, and also different from everyone else that they fought, and that he got away. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's the only one who got away. Everyone else got the shit beat out of him.
0: He gets away, his stand is a fucking gun. It's so cool, like... The, the way he stands are, just being a gun seems underpowered.
1: <laughs> that yeah. said, it's fantastic against non-stand users. He is the best assassin in the entire squad of assassins.
2: Yeah.
0: I, I love the way Whole Horse's character is sort of built around knowing that. Like, yeah, in a stand fight... I'm a little outmashed, but man, I'm the world's best stand sidekick.
1: Yeah, <laughs> he knows he can't win in a stand fight because his power is so mundane compared to the bullshit stands can do. But it also kills you if it hits you.
0: <laughs> but but like we said last week, if if you were starting a, a JoJo inspired or just a general shonen show, which there's an argument to be made that all of them are JoJo inspired uh, um, mm-hmm. at this point, decades later. Yeah. Everybody's power was they could summon a different ghost gun from nowhere? <laughs> that would be a
1: killer show! That would be re- I mean, Bleach does that with swords. Mm hmm. But you're right. Someone and it's should rad. Because it was
2: very. It was the coolest part of Bleach. So I, I still read slash watch My Hero Academia. I'm not as crazy about it as I was at the start, but like that is also another thing where it's like, yeah, everyone's basically got you know unique powers, but in like a superhero format. But damn, I just wish it went a little bit farther to reach like how stands do it. <laughs> yeah, like how stands do it because it's it's still just a little bit mm-hmm. too much. Like this person punches differently. Yeah, you got a couple people that have more unique powers, like Mirio who he can just fall through stuff. He, he can yes. go through matter, but his power is clipping. It's so funny. He, it's yeah, so his good. power, his power is no clip, but when he clips through stuff, he can't see or feel anything. All of his yes. senses are gone. So it's Cause light and inc- sound
1: clip through him too it's yeah. so clever
2: so he has to train himself to ba- basically be completely blind and and deaf and everything it's the best power in my hero academia and it feels the most stand and inspired <laughs> his power is like he no clips through stuff but then he turns no clip off and so then he gets violently pushed out through the thing he's in so he just slingshots himself at people really hard yes like that is the closest <laughs> thing to like a stand power in that thing
1: and then he can turn Noclip back on while he's traveling at somebody to go through them and then punch them from behind them. Yeah. That's at the most stand power in My Hero Academia. I think it's Gentle Criminal.
2: Oh, no, you're it's right. It's the
1: power to make things bouncy.
2: <laughs> right, yeah. Which he is just such a stand power. That's right. He yeah, touches he the make... thing and
1: it becomes bouncy. And then he uses that to do some crazy
2: bullshit. Mm-hmm. It's such a good fight. That one is pretty good, actually.
0: Speaking of Whole Horse, Vel, what is your opinion of my theory that Whole Horse is meant to be a, a foil to the entire crew? That his personality is built off of plucking, like, one personality trait each mm. from all five of our Stardust Crusaders?
1: I had mainly heard before that he's a foil for Polnareff, but I see it.
0: Right? I really, really see it. Right? <laughs> he,
2: does, he does work pretty well as a foil to basically any of them
1: yeah mm-hmm. he's honestly a great villain and probably the best character of all the villains in part three until we get
0: to dio yeah. to to this point with my one quarter of the way knowledge absolutely yes yeah i do like rubber soul though <laughs> yeah i like rubber soul
2: a lot too it's mainly just because the instant he gets owned he just goes and like oh gee you wouldn't hit the birthday boy <laughs> <laughs> like we that. brought that up when we I talked about him. it uh, oh gee i got glasses you wouldn't hit guy with glasses <laughs> please don't hurt me my
1: favorite part is that this isn't the last time someone will say the basically this exact thing to jotaro yeah like there's another stand fight later that is also someone begging for their life in the pretty much exact same way it's so good
0: and it's still very satisfying it's honestly more
1: satisfying the second
2: time yeah that guy sucks
0: (laughs) so i don't know Sea captain monkey is such a good character too (laughs) There are three really great stand users in this first part.
1: If he weren't a pervert, strength would be great. We don't
0: know that he didn't want to just kill her. We don't yeah. know
1: that. Yeah. I also really like Jotaro's cigarette trick with Captain Dragon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was yeah. so stupid, but it's so funny, and it works, and it's great, and I love it. And it's like the first time that Jotaro's like a real... Shows that he's a trickster, too. yeah. He can be sneaky. Most of his being sneaky comes from the fact that he never fucking says anything, though. (laughs) It's just mm -hmm. that he's quiet and doesn't tell you what he's
2: thinking. So Jotaro has an extremely good poker face, basically. Mm -hmm. Like, he will say the dumbest shit, but he can say it with such a cool, serious attitude that everyone buys into whatever he's doing.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, I was just thinking how gross it'd be if you pissed yourself.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Since we're in the
1: pool together. <laughs> uh, fucking
0: Jotaro. Jotaro claiming the, the Joestar legacy when he's about to just, just to like, run away. drop into the ocean.
1: The, jo- the Star family secret plan was coming back is so good. It's, it's so, so good. good. That made me smile so much on the rewatch.
0: Because, yeah. like, his... It, not only is it just a fun moment of, like... I guess sort of foreshadowing how much fun the Empress fight is going to be. But it's it's tied up in his emotional journey from like this dude who feels abandoned by his family, doesn't give a fucking shit yeah. about anything that Joseph has to say or do, and then is like, That's my grandpa right there, you put respect on his name. Yes. Yeah,
1: it's like it's the first moment where he really acknowledges that he's part of the lineage.
0: Mm -hmm. Instead of sort
1: of just kind of trudging along with his destiny, he's actually sort of embracing it a little bit, which is definitely a theme that will come back, I'm pretty sure. Mm
2: -hmm. We talked about it for the Empress fight, but, you know, having one more fight with Joseph doing his young Joseph shtick and really any of the small things you get throughout all of part three where something parallels something that happened to Joseph when he was younger in part two, and he goes like, oh, shit, not this again. Like, you know, mm-hmm. oh, fuck, this is my third plane crash. Yeah.
1: Have you ever heard <laughs> of someone who survived three plane
2: crashes? Yeah, like part three isn't crazy self referential to one and two, but when it does it, it always feels really satisfying.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: Like part one and two feel like history now, you know, it wasn't just like, <laughs> oh, that was last season. Like Joseph is old. That now. wasn't last season. That was fifty years ago. <laughs> yeah, you really feel like the time has actually has actually passed and it's just like, oh man, yeah, that stuff with cars, that was forever ago. Good times. Mm-hmm.
1: Like when he tries <laughs> to use the ripple on the Empress, and he says, Oh, I haven't had to do this in a while, and then he does the breathing technique. That it's nostalgic now.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm, when mm-hmm. he when he uses an overdrive on the flesh bud to mm-hmm, to, dissolve to break it. it.
1: Which I think I'm pretty sure is an anime edition too. Yeah. Because I think in the I think in the manga, Jotaro just throws it out the door and it just gets killed by the sun. But the Overdrive Karate Chop is way better.
2: Yeah, it's way more satisfying. It's even like satisfying nostalgic just to hear like the ha like sound the come back whoosh-wing. again. Yeah, the 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 shiny shing noise. <laughs> so
1: how about that
2: ending
0: song? Did you oh, expect yeah. Walk Like an Egyptian, Grant? <laughs> it. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's a natural choice. (laughs) One of them is Egyptian. It's very, every way that Avdol has ever walked is like an Egyptian. Mm -hmm.
1: I both love it and hate it. (laughs) It's (laughs) such an on-the-nose and stupid song choice, but it's really funny.
0: (laughs) Yeah. If if you just, if you were told that is what the song is, it sounds like a joke, and it kind of is. Mm -hmm. But it's still a really fitting song. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, it's a good. It's musically
1: good. Something I also remember is how the opening for Stand Proud, uh, the opening theme, Stand Proud, the animation for it isn't nearly as good as my memory told me it was. Oh, yeah? Like, it's fine. Um, I remember it being, like, my favorite at the time, but it just kind of doesn't hold up to all the shit that came after, or even the two that came before.
2: Yeah, Sam, Pre- like, animation-wise, yeah, it, I, I, it it really gets carried by the actual song, I think. Yes, the song is still very good and holds up, but I feel like the animation just, bloody
1: stream just blows it out of the water with style, and I, the comic book look of the very first, of Sonochino Sodome, the very first opening, it hits me good. Yeah. It feels mm-hmm. good to look at.
0: Yeah, but when they get to, like, the bridge, and there's the pan of all five of them standing out their stands... Oh,
1: yeah, it's still good, but, like... That's
0: fucking cool. Mm -hmm. Very
1: minor spoilers, there's a second Stardust Crusaders OP, and it is so much better.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that one's really cool,
2: too.
1: Yeah, when you get to Uh, the back half of the show, the the OP changes, and I really, really prefer the second one. I keep stealing the show. (laughs) Stealing the spotlight.
0: That's that's what guests are for. Yeah. That's why we only have them on every five episodes or so. (laughs) so uh vel thanks again for for coming on is there anything you would like to to tell the listeners about things places they can find you or or things you uh uh, make or just want to point them at, regardless of whether you're involved or not
1: uh sure you can find me on twitter at velaministriari uh i don't blame you if you can't spell it (laughs) (laughs) i go by velmini on there too if you i think I think Twitter lets you just search a person's name. I haven't changed it in like a year. I write tabletop games like Fellowship and Final Bid, which is Grant's favorite other than the
0: one that he wrote. Final Bid is my favorite game ever, yes.
1: So much so that I uh, that he wrote Last Shooting based on it, and then I published that for him.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Chip, thanks for letting me bring my boss on the show. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh, no problem.
1: Totally. I don't think that counts. <laughs> <laughs> I helped you publish one thing once. It's okay, I I (laughs)
0: hired you right back as contract for for editing it, so there you go. (laughs)
1: Yeah, that's true. I stream sometimes, but not really. I am mostly working on finishing up Book 4 of Fellowship, which will be the last Book of Fellowship, and then I'll be working on Skull Diggers. Please go watch Six Feet Under. It's a great show, even though we aren't updating it very well, because I'm bad at it. (laughs) I guess go check out Chip and Grant's Final Fantasy Seven oh. LP. But if you're here and not watching that, what's wrong with you? Um,
0: <laughs> it's good. We're we're getting closer to the end now. It's uh...
1: oh man, I should probably catch up before you
2: get there then. <laughs>
0: I mean, by the time people are hearing this, they might have already seen the end. I'm not sure how that's going to Yeah, lie. I'm not sure
2: how it's going to time out, but yeah, we're getting closer to the end right now, at least recording-wise, and that means also by the time that stuff's out, we will be recording the DLC that will just be coming out, so it's all timing out great. Totally on purpose. <laughs> Happy coincidences.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All right, well, thanks for having me. I always love to talk about JoJo.
0: That's been clear. Yes, Yeah. <laughs>
1: Please enjoy the rest of part three. Please look forward to part four and five. And
2: eventually part six, because that got announced.
1: Yeah, that got announced. I'm
2: so excited. Me too. There isn't a date yet, unfortunately, but you know, it'll be here when it's here. I'm going to guess in the fall, maybe.
1: Maybe 2022. Who knows? Yeah. We'll see.
0: Uh, So with that, thank you again for for everyone joining us. We will be back next time with uh, uh, some more actual JoJo episodes to talk about, including uh, I guess Pat Sajak is going to be joining us. Wow, that's exciting. Yeah, you're Uh, on the
1: wheel of fortune.
0: (laughs) I can say confidently I would not enjoy spending time with Pat Sajak. (laughs) I'd agree. (laughs) So with that, I do encourage everybody to uh, go ahead and Uh, boost us algorithmically in all those fun ways. If you're uh, with us on YouTube, give us a comment. Uh, If you're with us uh, uh, on, you know, Apple podcasts or any other podcast app, uh, please leave a rating and review there and more powerful than even the the than than even the the mighty servers that control uh, our rankings and uh, recommendations and such just talk to people you know people the, mm-hmm. those other you know people people you've heard of people uh, <laughs> tell them about the show and, and send them a link and hopefully they'll also enjoy listening to us talk about the these big beefy boys and their punch ghosts
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> I like all these part five boys. They're a good gang. Mm -hmm. Good night, folks. See you later.
0: To be continued.